I had one that did make some suggestions which would work really good for his clients. For example, if you went and bought a vehicle for $55,000, you could pay him back $5,000 immediately if you were structured in the correct way for GSC purposes from the tax office. If you weren't structured in the right way, you'd have to claim the $5,000 possibly over five years. Now, which would you rather have the 5000 on as soon as you sign the paperwork or to take a new vehicle, or do you want to wait five years to get that money? You could do it to the specific situation, Buck, as you just mentioned. How many of his customers would fall into making a choice for their taxes on this particular loan? At least. 60% would be taken out leases on cars and whatever. So the letter could be specifically related to that. I'm writing to you because I know you just took out a lease on a car. I wanted to offer you some advice about how to structure the taxes on this, educate them in the letter, and then have a way for them to contact you. So it's directly related to how the customer is going to benefit for calling you. This is even much better than the gift certificate. The gift certificate idea would be secondary. But here's a better way to position yourself. Instead of giving them one free, you want to buy them a $150 consultation. This consultation is worth $150 or whatever you charge per hour, and you're willing to buy it for them. That's more valuable than giving something for free, right? See the positioning? So whenever any of your joint venture partners or any of your clients endorse to their customers, they're not giving away a free hour of your time. They have arranged with Barkas and your accounting firm an hour of your time, which you bill at 250 bucks an hour or whatever it is. Makes the client look good as well because it shows that the client has spent $250 to buy their client time to see me. That's exactly right. It looks very good for the client, and at the same time, there's dual benefit because the client perceived to be paying money for their client to get proper advice, even though it's not actually costing the client any, and at the same time, we're getting them in there, so they feel there's some so they feel that there's something there. That's a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. It makes them look like a hero. On their letter, they'll say, as a valuable customer, We've actually paid for our accountant this certificate for your benefit in the interest of you getting paying proper tax advice. Okay. So that way it looks like they're actually spending money for the existing client so their client can benefit. The thing that makes this so powerful is, and you should understand this because you're a numbers man, there's three ways to grow your business. More customers, the frequency of purchase, and the dollar amount of your purchase. And if you can increase those three areas, just 10%, just those three areas, you'll grow your business 33%. It doesn't take that much effort to make these increases from what you're doing right now. If you increase those three areas, just 15%, bottom line, 53%, you'll grow your business. And just the one idea with the letter that we discussed by accessing your database, your customers who are absolutely thrilled with you, who could talk forever about you, how you saved them all this money or how you got them out of a bad tax situation or what have you, would love to do it. They owe it to you. All you need to do is find five or six of those, and you could probably grow your business, double it very quickly. It would be a good thing, but I think it would be a bit of a problem at the same time with They'll have to implement more fast. Yeah, and that's why I asked. You've got to choose what you're comfortable with. But what's nice, since you're dealing with direct mail, if you've got a client who's got a 1,000 customers, you don't mail out a 1,000 letters. You mail out a 100. You control the growth. 
So it can be a controlled growth if you're using direct mail in the joint venture. Or we can target that one customer who has these thousand clients and then leave the other five for whatever we're going to target until we've got over 30,000. And if growth becomes a problem, you may want to, and it's just an idea, you may want to focus just on your business clients because they're so much more valuable than your individual ones because you're using up a lot of resources just doing those onesie-twosies a year. Yeah, even though they might take all up 15, maybe it still takes up time. How much time would one of your staff spend compared to a business client and then comparing it to a personal return? If you've got a guy who needs a return just once a year that you're only going to make maybe 150 bucks a year from, and then you've got a guy who's got a small business, how much time is it going to take to get that client initially? Once you got him, it's pretty set up. But to get that client, if you compared the two, getting the business one set up and everything is going to take more time, right? To set up the business client won't take that much longer. To set them up will probably take maybe anything from 15 minutes to half an hour. To do the work might be anything 15 minutes to an hour, but we'd be charging... Ten times the amount. Exactly. If you've got thousands of people you could do this joint venture letter to and it's producing a good result and you want to control the growth, you can slowly weed out all those personal clients and just go for the business clients. And then another thing you can do as the demand goes up, you can start increasing your fees. The numbers will blow you away if you just look at the small increases in your fees on what it can do for your business. So there's some exciting stuff, but the real key is just doing it. That locking someone into a monthly fee is wonderful. It's continuity. Here in the United States, when you see all the infomercials, the 30-minute commercials that sell things, most of them can't make any money unless they sell a product that there's a monthly subscription to, like a tape of the month club or the book of the month club or record clubs. They're very powerful because you lock someone into a monthly thing, and that's great. If you make those promises, you've got to ask yourself how much work is going to be involved. And you got to do the numbers. Which one's going to make more money? That's probably a good idea. If you just took $2,500 and divided it into 12 and did a monthly fee, you could probably increase the percentage because the perceived value won't be as much as that one $2,500 hit. you got to play around with it, but absolutely, those are good ideas. I hope you're learning from this detailed question opportunity analysis and uncovering hidden marketing assets with Barkus, a financial planner in Australia. I couldn't tell you because I don't have any clients who are accountants. I have an accountant that I use who's across the country, and it's probably very similar. I don't know, but certainly you could find out. I mean, you could go on the Internet and go search Google, type in accounting, and see who comes at the top. See who's at the top of the search engines under the natural listings, not the paid ones. But have a look, because that person at the top under accounting is doing something right. And this is a great way to build your practice. You find out who's doing good things here in the U.S. or even in Australia. Find out who the top small accounting firm is and get on their mailing list. Pretend you're a customer. See how they handle you. See what they send out to you. See how they keep you coming back. See how they charge their fees. Do some research. Be an investigator and find out who's doing really good. Is there an industry publication for accountants in your area? Well, we're part of the CPA Council, the Institute of Chartered Accountants. 
So, you know, a good thing to do, Marsha, I would do some research. And if you call the secretaries of these associations or talk to some of the main people who run these associations, ask them, say, who is really running a good accounting practice that you know of who is just doing phenomenal? Who are great marketing people in accounting in Australia? Who do you know? Do you have a website? Do you have a name or number? And find out who these people are and go see what they're doing and model what they're doing. Because if they're doing it right and they've already implemented a lot of ideas, there's nothing wrong with borrowing what they're doing. As a matter of fact, if you really found someone who is doing something exceptional, you could approach them and say you're an accounting firm in your area. Let's say they send out multiple reports. Or let's say they have a telephone script that's the same every time when they answer the phone. Or let's say they have some system that makes their little business really hum and do well. You can approach them and say, would you be willing to sell me your systems? Let me use your reports for my customers is buy it from them instead of create it. You'd be surprised what people will give you if you just ask for it. If Barkus, you approach them and you're the founder of your accounting firm, well, you can talk the language to this other guy because he's probably been through the same stuff you have, and you can talk shop so you can relate to each other well. And you can say, hey, yeah, I'd really like to use some of the things you're doing. Would you be willing to share it with me or let me use it? I could pay you something. I could maybe refer you over a couple clients of a specialty that I can't do. Do a trade with them. How many people, Bark, has really talked to you about your accounting business over the month who really show an interest? Do you talk with other accountants about the business and how to grow it and stuff like that? Probably not usually. Yeah, not really, but I was thinking about look at a mentor accountant who sort of started off like me and quadrupled their fees and look at sort of some of the ways they do. And as Anthony Robbins would say, copy the idea. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Go model someone. That's what he says. Find the best and go copy them. And then look at the leverage. He spent all that time and effort putting together a system that's working. And if he's getting the results, if you copy him, you can bet you're going to get the same results as long as you're doing what he's doing. We should specialize or concentrate on some businesses more than others. Well, I think you guys should specialize and concentrate on the businesses you enjoy working with. If it's all the same, then you want to specialize on the ones that make you the most money for the least amount of time. Why spend even 30 minutes with a person for 150 bucks a year when you could use that same time in the growth of your business and maybe spend an hour but make 20 times that? It's a resource you're using right now, but if you can grow the business and you only have so many resources within your firm, absolutely, you want to get rid of those and use those for the businesses that will bring you 20 times the revenue. It only makes sense if there's only so much room in your place. Is there United States there is. In the United States, you can get mailing lists of anything you can think of. I'll do some research and find out who that source is for you in Australia. But one way, if you look in your yellow pages and look for mailing list broker or list broker, a list broker is a person who sells lists. But you know what? You'll probably never have to go there because comparatively speaking, results-wise, you mailing out to a cold list, meaning a prospect who's never heard of you, compared to one of your happy clients endorsing you, you're much better off going with the endorsement from your existing clients to their mailing list. On the other hand, maybe like on a latest basis, instead of going to a list broker, because we are targeting businesses, you can go to, for example, the yellow pages where you have their numbers 
address and whatever of all these small businesses, and we can target them ourselves without having to get a language. Absolutely. Yeah, you could do that. Do you have any of the people in your office who have downtime who are just sitting there doing nothing? Not really at the moment. We can get small stuff. You can bring on somebody and pay her 10 bucks an hour to do nothing but telemarket and make phone calls to numbers in the Yellow Pages. That's called telemarketing. That's one way of marketing. But then again, you've got to compare how much time and effort you're spending in generating that new customer compared to another way of doing it. And you may spend ten times the amount of money on the list, on the hourly fee that you have to pay someone to make the calls, on the wasted time on the phone, because you're calling someone cold. And it's going to be a lot harder sale if you already have a built up relationship with your customer and they have a built relationship with their customer and all you got to do is mail a letter and then you've got a client, you can bet 75% of the time that person is going to turn into a client because it's no different than your happy customers referring their friend and you're telling me 75% are coming on and staying with you. That's the way to go. So go with the one that has the most leverage and the less amount of work and the less money. So the whole idea, if you have 20 different ways of generating new customers and you're increasing just a small percentages on each one, the geometric growth is huge. You've got to ask yourself, what is one customer worth to you? If you say that a good business customer is worth 2500 bucks, and let's just say the lifetime, and maybe this would be accurate or maybe it would be underestimated, would you say you could have a customer for five years at 2500 bucks? So 2500 bucks times five years, $12,500. If you could quantify and know that every business customer at your current fees is going to be worth over the next five years $12,500, that's called the lifetime value. That's what an average customer is worth to you. If you know that number, you know you could spend $10,000 getting a customer, and by the time five years is over, you're still going to come out ahead. And that also comes up to another idea. You know, there's probably many accounting firms who are selling their businesses, too. And sometimes it's cheaper to buy customers than it is to actually build the business. So you may be able to find an existing firm that may want to sell, keep your eyes open in the paper, maybe call some business brokers to let you know if there's anyone who has an accounting business that they're willing to sell. For whatever reason, they may want out of it, and you could buy that business and acquire businesses and grow that way also. I would just focus on that one idea we talked about, using the assets of your existing clients and their customers, and look for five of these guys you could do it with. Start with that. And if that works, you could keep doing the other things. It's fun to do all kinds of things, but really what we want is results. We want to grow your business with the least amount of effort. You'd rather be spending time with your baby rather than doing something that would work, but we don't need it to work because you've got something that works so beautifully already. Your client isn't going to give you their entire database and let you do the mailing. They may... But in most cases, they probably wouldn't do that. But if you're going to make an agreement with them, they may do the mailing for you. Yeah. And you know what? We talked about buying or acquiring another firm that wants to sell. Here's one idea. Let's say you find five people who are willing to do joint ventures. Well, all these businesses 
who have the clients who are good potential prospects, like the one you were talking about with the car loans, you can ask that guy, what does he do with all the calls that come in that he's not able to sell? What happens to those names? You can make an arrangement where you're willing to buy all the names from them that don't come through. Let's say if you had a good contact who is getting a lot of calls, but they're not capturing their names, you could talk to the owner and say, look, you're going to endorse me to your clients, right? And ask them, well, what do you do with all the people who don't become clients? And they may say, well, we've got them all sitting here in a database, and if they don't call us back, they don't become a client. Well, you can say, well, would you be willing to let me buy those names from you? So they may give them to you. You could buy them for $0.10 apiece. Right, wait, I'm having a hard time hearing you. Barkus, you did a seminar? Yeah, a group called Australian Property Seminars. They advise on how to develop properties. It was a one-day seminar. And he said to me if I wanted to do a talk for about half an hour to an hour on some of the tax implications of property developing. So I did about five to six seminars that I attended and I did my talk. I got quite a lot of good feedback from the seminars from people there who came up and shook my hand and said you know, it was really good and you know you work fairly well. Now from those seminars, we really probably got four clients. You know, it was like a workshop seminar and it ranged from 30 people who attend per seminar up to say 90 people. So I would have picked up probably about four to five clients from there. And then we sent a follow-up letter to the other remaining people who we didn't sort of speak to, but we only received one, actually, feedback, one letter. So let me ask this. Did you get five clients total from those seminars? Yeah, but one from just doing letters. We sent out probably about 200 letters. All right, so was that a business client, 2500 bucks a year? Yeah. So let's go back to lifetime value. You know average client stays with you five years. So that client is worth $12,500 over five years. Yeah. How many days did you do the seminars? Three separate seminars? Yeah, five different seminars, once every fortnight. All right, let's look at it this way. Out of all that, you've got five clients, right? Were they all business clients? Yeah. So five clients times 12500 Over the next five years, it's $62,500 in revenue, if we could agree that... 12500 is the lifetime value of a customer. So how much did you spend in getting those five clients in those five days? It cost me $3,300 just to be in the sponsorship. And then your time? And my time, yes. So just ask you, is that a good investment? Yeah, definitely, I'd say it would be a good investment. Pretty good return. He wants to ask, can we do a joint venture with this same guy, the Australian property that did a lot of seminar, and he can endorse us in the same way as we said before? Sure, there's another way of generating clients. This would be a great idea if you can do that and get him to agree where you can audio tape the seminar or videotape it. Yes. Did they videotape it or audio tape it? When you... I took part of it. You did take part of it? Yeah. You mean you take your section when you were speaking? Yeah. You got it on audio or video? Video. And it's a good, decent quality? Yes, I'd have to check it, but I wasn't sort of really prepared to the video. That's okay, but the information that those people heard, someone who puts that video in their video player could hear that same information and get the information, right? 
Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, if you've got it on video, that can be a very powerful tool. That can be sent out to prospective clients, the same type of clients who came to that seminar. What kind of clients were coming to that? Probably people interested in doing property developing. That guy who sponsored that seminar, he probably has a list of people who didn't make it to the seminar, right? How many people was it total who came to all five? Um, in total, it would probably be about 200 to 250 people attended the seminar. And how many names do you think he has on his list if he got 250 people? He offered his whole list to come to the seminar? That promoter, the guy who sponsored the seminar, what does he do? He's actually probably developing himself, but he does seminars to people and gets paid a fee of $350 per attender. So all these people pay $350? Well, if you hate doing the seminars, I wouldn't do them. If you don't mind doing the seminars, then it gives you a chance to increase your speaking skills, and you could really get good at it. And if you're allowed to videotape it every time, and he's willing to have you back every time he does it, you know, that's money in the bank. And plus, if he lets you videotape it, you know, some days you're going to feel better than others. And let's say you do a great video presentation and you give these people everything you have and a lot of value, then you own that videotape. Now you could get that presentation, which is quite valuable. It's worth at least 350 people. The people who came to the seminar paid that, right? But it's worth a lot more than that with the advice you're giving, and you could use that video in replacement of the book like Marsha was talking about. That could be a giveaway. That could be a lead generator. Instead of you doing more seminars, you could use that video to do the seminar for you. Yeah. It doesn't cost much. You can make these videos for a dollar a piece, dollar twenty-five a piece. You can find it cheap enough. Right. Sure. And imagine getting a thousand of them out into some qualified prospects' hands. Mm-hmm. A value of three hundred fifty dollars. Let's just say that they pay the deposit just to cover your cost of the shipping or something. Mm-hmm. Then you have yourself in a thousand homes giving your best presentation, and you're at home with the baby. It's the same thing with all my audio recordings up on my website. I mean, I'm on the phone with you, but they're being listened to 20 and 30 at a time all over the world. And I don't have to keep repeating myself over and over again. You can't just give these videos out or these books or these reports out to everyone. You've got to know that they're qualified, that they're in pain, that they need a solution. So you only give them out to someone who's qualified, and they have to somehow raise their hand or say that I'm interested. I really want to know how to build my business. I really want to know how to save all my taxes. They have to be qualified. Otherwise, it's going to go in the trash. It's junk mail. So don't just be sending them out and hoping that people are going to respond. Your market, your list, the people it's going to, that's one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. you got to know that that person has a need for what you have, just like the example of the financial planner, the mortgage with the car, the example you were talking about with how you could specifically help this guy's clients with their car purchases. Yeah. You're going to get that guy's attention because it has to do with money. You're going to save him money. And you can prove it. You say, look, I know you just bought a car from Harry over here because he told me I'm one of his best accountants, and I'm going to show you a little trick that you can do to put an extra 2500 bucks in your pocket. He's going to listen to you. Rather than going to him and saying, hey, i got this report here on how to build your business, here it is. Well, he may not be interested in building his business. He just wanted a car. Okay, well, I've got to wrap it up here. 
right. What we talked about, does it sound helpful, Barkus? Yeah, I appreciate your help. That's right, mate. Thanks very much okay. for that. Okay, you're very welcome. This is Michael Sinoff. I hope you've enjoyed this recording, and I promise you a valuable free gift. All you have to do is email me at michael at hardtofindseminars.com. In the subject line, put free gift, and I'll email you a special link for you to get your free gift. Here's another bonus tip from Michael Sinoff, hardtofindseminars.com, and it's a collection of recordings on marketing consulting. I had met a gentleman named Richard who was one of the world's best marketing consultant, and I have 12 hours of audio interviews all on the subject of marketing consulting. We also have downloads to over 23 reports on the subject of marketing in In the section of recordings, you will find a multitude of ideas that will give you very valuable ideas on how to build and grow your business and also how to teach others how to grow their business with simple, no-cost, low-cost techniques. If you go back to hardtofindseminars.com to the main page, you'll see across the top in white, Consulting Services. If you click on that page, there's a form that will take you into a private secret section of my site I've set up just for you with all these recordings. All you have to do is fill out your name and your information and you'll be whisked away to Consulting Secrets where we have thousands of dollars worth of free downloadable audio recordings in MP3 and Flash. Also the written printed transcripts and PDF that you can start learning from starting today. This information is hot. So get on over to hardtofindseminars.com Check out Consulting Secrets.